right. Well, welcome. Glad you're here this morning. Rainy day. Yeah? You made it. You swam here. Glad you're here this morning. Uh, my name is Ray. I'm one of the pastors serving here at New City with you. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to today. It's going to be a fun one. All right, as we're talking a little bit more about our time and our finances and our management of those things. All right? But from that standpoint, we're going to look at what Scripture has to say about those things. All right? So if you remember last week, we talked about our little large-shoed, no-clothes friend here. Okay, And all the things that go on in our daily tasks that we have uh, just in life. Okay, And so in that, we had this conversation of you have 168 total hours okay, in a week. You're asleep on average for about 49 of those, so that leaves 119. So on average, about 50 of those you're at work. So total, we only have about 69 hours to make something happen. All right, that's not work or sleeping or anything like that. Now, when we get to that, we asked you last week, okay, what are the things that tend to fill in that time? And here's some of the things you came up with, and I added a couple to it today. All right, but here's the thing about it we were talking about it later in our D group on Sunday night that we didn't put anything fun up here. Right? Like we just wrote up the things that come to our mind when we go, oh, what do we have to do? Right? So, like, Somebody said hobbies, I think, last week, but nobody said, like, go watch a movie or, you know, hang out with friends or anything. Like, I added relationships and friends to this because we forget some of those things, too, right, because of just the daily task and those things that we don't like to do. And so as we're walking through this, all right, here's what begins to happen. We look at all the crazy that's going on. How many of you remember this guy? Anybody? Yeah? So this is Stretch Armstrong. That's right. So with Stretch Armstrong, here's what happens, all right? Life gets crazy. Things start to happen. So we've got appointments we got to go to, right? We've got bridal showers. We've got baby showers. We've got all these different things we got to go do. Then we've got other stuff that starts getting crazy and starts pulling on us. Appointments, doctor's appointments, all these different things. Bible studies, D groups, brunch, lunch, dinner, all these things. And before we know it, this is us. Maybe, well, maybe not in that position. Here, we'll go with this. All right? Right? This is us before we know it. Things are crazy. Things are nuts. And we are stretched in every direction. Now, if you would, grab his legs. Okay? Give it a good pull. Right? How many of you think and say, all right, catch that, say, oh, yeah, life's good. Right? But this is what you look like, and this is how you feel. All right, you can let go. Hopefully it won't hit me in the face. All right, thank you. All right? But that's how we feel. We're so stretched with all of our time, things are so busy and so crazy, but yet life is good. Or if you ask somebody how things are going, it's busy, it's full, right? And so today, I hope that as we're walking through this, okay, we can begin to see some biblical principles that will allow us to not be quite so stretched or to feel a little bit more like a normal person. Hopefully you have more clothes on, right? But feel a little bit more like a normal person and not so, so stretched, if you will. All right? So here we go. We often talk about stewardship with our finances, all right? But what if we were to look at that in the concept of, okay, finances, when we steward them well, we look at them and we go, okay, this is something that God has given me, and so I'm going to handle that well, or I'm going to steward that well. But guess what? Your time is also something that God has given you, 
right? And so now it's in your hands to do with, you, with what you feel like you're supposed to do with it. And so hopefully you are stewarding or handling that well, all right? Now we have 35 adults signed up for Financial Peace University. Like, that's awesome, all right? Yes, that's incredible, okay? We have 187 adults across all of our campuses signed up. So pretty sweet, right? And then we have 17 teenagers even signed up for Financial Peace University. So we have people who are ready to see change in their finances, but we also want to see change in our time, okay? Now, here's the thing. In Financial Peace University, you have access to this thing called the Every Dollar app, all right? The idea behind the app is that everything that you have or get as your money, right, you put it in, and then you get down to a zero balance. In other words, you know exactly where all your money is going, okay? So take that for a moment and apply that to your calendar, all right? And let's say we had an every minute calendar. In other words, we know exactly where each of our minutes are going, right? If we knew where every single one of our minutes were going. Now, here's the thing. You ever gotten to the end of your day and you sit down and you go, man, I did a lot today. Like I was busy. I was running around. I was, it was crazy. It was nuts. And then you start like thinking through that and you're like, what did I really do today? What did I accomplish? And then you look at it and you go, I didn't accomplish anything, right? Like it was a busy, crazy day and I was running in every direction, but I don't know that I really accomplished a whole lot. So for a second here, imagine that you could get to the end of your day and go, wow, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And not only that, but I feel like my time was very well spent, right? Like my time was very well spent. So here's the thing. All right. If we treated our calendar like the budgeting app, all right, the great things can begin to happen in our time management. Okay. Because here's what happens. The majority of people, we use our time just like we do our money. All right, and we typically don't know how much of it we have, and we also run out, right? Like that's how we treat our money, and that's sometimes how we treat our time. We get to the end of the day, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, I've done this, 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 and this, but I've still got this, 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 and this, this, and all these other things I've got to do." So then, what do we do? Well, we're thinking about that, we're processing that, and so then we either do one of two things: we stay up super late, and we try to get those things accomplished, right? Or we come into the next morning, and we're super stressed, and we're super stretched. Right? And we're looking at the next day going, well, I've just piled more onto the plate for the next day. And then we just scoop that to the next day, and we scoop that to the next day. And then before we know it, we feel like the big monster at the end, and we're just like, blah! And everything's just gone to crazy. Right? And so we're going to try to begin to look at our calendar in such a way that we can say, all right, I know in this day, this is what I need to accomplish. I'm going to accomplish it, and I'm going to steward my time towards that well. All right, so back in January, I shared with you a scripture, I believe it's January or February, anyway, uh, I shared a scripture with you in Ephesians, and it's really stuck to my heart, and it's stuck on my mind of this idea of how we treat our, our time, okay? And so Ephesians chapter 5 is where we're going to be, and we're going to start in verse 15, because here Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, the Ephesians, okay, and he kind of gives them a little bit of a warning, like, hey, this might be something you want to consider, okay? And so we're going to be in verse 15, and here's what he says when he writes this to them. He says, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. 
So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Okay, so as we break that down, here's the first thing he gives. Okay, the first thing he gives is really like a, a shot across the bow, a little bit of a warning. Okay, like pay careful attention. Now, there's a couple things there. All right, there's one way to pay attention, like you're focused in and you're, you're, you've got it. Okay, but then there's careful attention. So for me, paying careful attention to something, my wife makes fun of me, but I slide my glasses down. Let's say if I'm on my phone, right, or if I'm reading something, okay, I slide my glasses down, look like my dad, all right, and then I get real close because I want to pay careful attention to that thing, right? So he's saying, look, pay careful attention. Be focused in on how you will live, okay, and then how you will walk. Now, look how the NLT version puts it. Excuse me, that got really loud really quick. Okay, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, making the most of every opportunity in those evil days, right? So be careful how you live. Pay careful attention to how you live. Now, what's that next statement that he says there? He says, not as unwise, but as wise. You're like, okay, cool. I want to live like a wise person, so what does that mean for us to live wise? Well, he, he puts it right there in, in the scripture. That's why those dashes are there. He says this. He says, look, not as unwise, but as wise. Dash, here's how you do it. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity. Taking every chance that you have. In James chapter 4, we see that it, uh, James writes, life is but a vapor, right? We are only here for a short time. So make the most of the time that you have been given and the most of the time that you have. Then look what he says next. He says, so don't be foolish, right? But understand what the Lord's will is. Well, what is the Lord's will? Well, we talked about this in our last series, that he has a mission for you and for your family, whether your family is one, two, three, five, or 10, he has a mission and an objective, if you will, for your family. And it's to be on mission for him for Jesus, for God himself, all right? So we have this grand mission before us. That is your will. That's the Lord's will for your life and what he's asking and directing you to do. So imagine for a second, if you took your family mission statement and you took your calendar and you plugged that mission statement into the calendar and you said, this is what we feel like God is calling us to do. And so we are gonna schedule our time in such a way that it steers that direction he's asking us to go. Right? So our statement then leads our calendar, and our calendar doesn't lead our statement. Or let me try this again. Our lives lead our calendar. Right? What God's asking us to do. That leads our calendar instead of our calendar leading our life. Like we talked about last week. We look at all this crazy, and all the time, most of the time, we give the crazy all the attention. Right? When really, we could give the Lord the attention, and he can guide us where to go. Okay, so our calendar and how we management will reflect that. So be wise with your time. Now, here's another thing that we often overlook in Scripture. Okay, is this idea of rest. We talk about the work, we talk about the going, we talk about the doing, but also there's this idea of rest in that. There is a rhythm of rest within Scripture, and we're going to look at it here in a minute, okay? But if there's a rhythm of rest in our Scripture and what God is giving to us as instruction, right, then there might need to be some rhythms of rest in our lives. 
If we look at Jesus' life, there was often times that he would withdraw and he would go to a place of rest. What did that rest allow him to do? It allowed him to reconnect, right? Reconnect with the Father and to recharge and to be ready to go to what he's about to do next. Every time there's a major miracle that Jesus performs, what does he do first? He retreats. He rests. And he steps with the Father, all right? So let's turn all the way back to the beginning, okay, in Genesis chapter 1. And that's where we're going to start for a second. Because here's the thing. Your life and your body even is not made to be run ragged. And your life and your body is not made to run on the red line all the time. Like your engine is going to burn out. Okay? You're going to be toast. So let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 24 is where we're going to start. Okay? Now, just to give us some context and where we're at. Okay, the fifth day has now ended in creation, and we're moving into the sixth day, okay? And so here's what it says in verse 24. Then God said, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that crawl, and the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. So God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock and all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and he created him in the image of God. And he created them then male and female. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. And God also said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed, and this food will be for you. (laughs) Verse 30. (laughs) For all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth, and everything having the breath of life in it, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth Day. So here's the sixth day, okay? The Lord creates all the things of the earth, including man, right? He places him there, and in verse 28, he begins to give him responsibility. He begins to give him, hey, this is what you're going to do. This is why I've put you here, okay? So here's how our culture would respond to that. Let's jump right in. We got to get to work. Let's do it. Let's go. But here's what happens. Look, on day seven in chapter two, here's what happens. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. And by the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from his work of creation. You see, he had spent six days of work and he says, you know what? I'm now going to rest. Now I've told you before, I love to put myself in the shoes of the story that I'm reading or the, the account that I'm reading, right? So here now is Adam. He's now created, right? Here he is. Lord's giving him direction, and here's what you're going to do. And then he wakes up on day seven. We're going to rest. We're going to start with rest. You're going to sit with me because he was in the presence of the Lord, right? This is before sin enters in, so he's sitting before and in the presence of the Lord. And so day seven, your first day here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to rest. So imagine for a second what that looks like in our lives. That doesn't mean that we work all week so that we can then rest. 
It means we can rest so that we can work all week. You see how that works? We work from rest. We come from rest. And that's the rhythm that even Jesus himself had, that he would rest, then go to work. Okay? So now when we take that and we look at that and we look at our bodies and our lives, okay, we're set up to rest. In other words, you can't go long before you need rest. But here's the other thing. The Israelites in the Old Testament, as we walk through that, the Israelites took that same rhythm and they said, we're going to follow this. And they went to the far extreme of having a Sabbath day where they would do absolutely nothing, right? They would do nothing. So they would have six days of hard, strong work. And then on the seventh, they would declare it holy and do nothing. But their bodies were made for rest. Your bodies are made for rest. And the seventh day there was set aside as one that was holy and dedicated to the Lord. Okay. Now here's the thing. I looked it up. The record for the most time without sleep. All right. Are you ready? Hold on to this. 264 hours or 11 days without sleep. All right. But your body is not made for that. Your body is not made for more than like 48 hours of sleep because here's what happens, okay? After 24 hours without sleep or beginning sleep deprivation, you get drowsiness, irritability, impaired decision-making, impaired judgment, altered perception, memory deficit, vision and hearing impairment, and decreased hand-eye coordination after simply 24 hours. Your body's made to rest. But then look here, after 48 hours, it gets even worse. You lose your appetite. Your metabolism goes down. You raise your body temperature. Your mood and your stress level go up. Some of you are like, yeah, I know people need sleep, right? But after 72, 72 hours, here's when things really get funky. You lose all ability to multitask. You forget remembering details and paying attention. You have hallucinations and paranoia. Like your body is made to rest. Spend time in rest. I remember back in architecture school, I went for 36 hours without sleep. Had a major project due, 36 hours, and this was before phones had cameras, thank goodness, right? But apparently, I was babbling and just like making no sense. And I would like lay down, get back up, lay down, get back up, and like just be running around the room. And it was because of sleep, I promise, not like other college things, right? Yeah, but anyway, here's the thing, okay? Your body is made for rest. Your body needs rest. So why did I spend time talking about all that? Well, here's why. Because I want to give you a kind of a tool this morning, all right, to begin to set up your calendar in this way. And you're like, oh, great, something we got to go home and do this week. If you want, but I would encourage it, okay, to be wise with your time. So you should have gotten a bulletin as you were coming in, all right, or we handed some out. If you don't have one, let us know and we'll get you one, okay? But on the inside of it, you're going to see a little kind of legend there, all right? And it says, abide, rest, work, and relationships. And these are the things that we want to put into our calendar to be able to find time to do these things. Because when we look at scripture, these are things we feel like that God is asking us to do, right? So abiding with him, what does that look like? These are the hours that you give to building a stronger relationship with Jesus. And a hint, your abide time should be greater than just Sunday morning for an hour, right? Okay. Next thing is this, rest. We feel like rest is important. And so it's the hours that you give to sleep, but the hours you also give intentionally to not working. 
All right? The next one is this, is work. The hours you give to your job and then the hours you give to your chores. Those no fun things we were talking about, right? The things that we don't necessarily enjoy doing or could classify as work. And then the next thing is this, is relationships. The hours that you give to building relationships and having fun. Okay? So it might be a relationship with your wife. It might be a relationship with your family. It might be a relationship with friends. But it can look different for each of us, all right? But those are the four areas that we want to begin to look at. Okay? Then on the bottom of there, there's on your bulletin, uh, there's a couple questions. When are you abiding? When are you resting? When are you working? And when are you building relationship? Because what we want to do is we want you to begin to look at your calendar and say, this is what it looks like. Okay, so here's a couple examples for you, and I don't want to overwhelm you with this, okay, but this is what your calendar could look like. So if you color code it, okay, abide, rest, work, relationship up there in the right-hand corner, all right, this might be what it looks like. Sleep in on a Sunday morning, okay, that gives you a little bit of rest, and then you have your abide time, then you're eating, okay, so that just kind of falls in a general gray area, and then church, and then lunch, and then family or friend time. Kids pray or bed or whatever that looks like, your abide time there, and then rest, right? Adults downtime, TV and read, like kids are in bed. Yes, that's hallelujah, right? Okay, and so then bed. But then the next day, kids go to school, adults go to work, right? Until about three o'clock. Then we have a little bit of free time there where we rest or we spend time doing things we enjoy. Maybe the chores are in there on the Monday or the Wednesday or whatever, okay? But you can use your calendar in such a way as to set this up with intentionality. But again, not to overwhelm you, okay? Because each of us are going to have, hopefully, some intentionality and strategy to what this looks like. But we hope that you can use this legend to begin to do that and be wise with your time, okay? Here's a little less overwhelming one right here, all right? You can put it in general categories, but you may say, well, you know, I'm at work. We're going to talk about this next week. Like, when I'm at work, let's work, right? Let's work as unto the Lord. And so... Maybe you go to work and you're sitting there on your phone, or you go to work and you're not working, right? You're doing something else. And so we want to encourage you to really find where your time is going and use that just as you would the Every Dollar app coming down to zero. This is, man, every moment of my day is intentional for something, for growing closer to the Lord, growing closer to others, or resting or working. Okay? Sound good? Yeah? And I think in that, you can find some freedom as well of going, wow, okay. Like, like we said, the budget allows you to spend, right? So the calendar allows you to do the same thing. Like those evenings when it's TV and rest, man, I'm going to veg out and I'm going to abide or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest, right? I know that in my mornings, I'm going to spend a little bit of time with the Lord and I'm going to abide. I'm going to sit with him. But it allows you to spend that time. Now, does that mean that your calendar is always going to be exact? Well, you know, somebody comes, hey, you want to go hang out? Let's, let's go have some food. Well, I can't. That's not on my, that's, that's my, during my work time. Sorry. No, like you're not going to be that hardcore or legalistic, if you will. But it begins to help you in finding where your time goes. Okay? Where your time goes. All right? Sound good? Yeah? And we believe those times will be fruitful then for you as well, okay? Because you're being, as we read, wise with your time, living as the wise and not as the unwise, making the most of your time, okay? So this week, hopefully you'll take some time to knock out your calendar and begin to write that out. Man, where do I use my time? Where does it go? 
and see some effectiveness in that. All right, let me pray for us, and we'll continue. So, Father, we just lift this time to you. And, Lord, you have given us each and every day as a new day to glorify you and to bless you. And so, Father, may we use that. And, Lord, may we walk as the wise. May we be effective with our time, and effective with our time in our workplace, effective with our time in our homes, and effective with our time in our friendships and relationships. And, Lord, in that, may we just see growth, and may we see development with those around us and those that we're connected with. But, Lord, I also pray for our times of rest. Lord, may we um, work from rest. May it be a thing that we uh, don't get to the end of the week looking forward to that. Well, we look forward to it, but also that we work out of it. And so, Lord, we give that to you. And may those times of rest be a sweet time for us to recharge and to be ready to go for the mission and the direction that you have put us on. And so, Father, we look forward to fulfilling that and walking through that in what you've asked us to do. And we praise you. And thank you in your son's name. Amen.